Good evening, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Brown Pundits Browncast. Uh, we have with us again today uh, Major Amin, well known to our listeners. Uh, we have chatted with Major Amin uh, before about various topics related to uh, military history and history in general. And uh, we are very lucky to have him again with us on this uh, historic day. Uh, when the Russian Federation has launched a major military operation against Ukraine. Uh, major Amin uh, has a long association uh, in the region, has uh, been uh, closely associated with, uh, has worked in Afghanistan, has been uh, worked a lot with the Soviet uh, Union and then later with the Russians. So he's very familiar with this whole, uh, with the people involved in this business. Uh, so we will start by asking him, Yameh uh, what is your assessment? What is going on in Ukraine right now? Uh, Dr. Omreli, what has happened is that uh, geopolitically there are two camps. One camp, uh, as defined by a very eminent geopolitical uh, analyst, uh, Professor Van Pigel from the uh, Netherlands, teaching at uh, Sussex University, he defined two major contenders in geopolitics. One is the Atlantic Rim, uh, led by the USA and basically NATO. And one is the vast Asian heartland, the Euro-Asian greatest power in history, uh, which we call Russia. So, this power rivalry is going on and has not ended. And as you know, I will just give you uh, in a short uh, capsulated view that uh, the Atlantic Rim, at that time the uh, Western allies, they made the USSR fight the Germans and the USSR suffered 90% casualties in the Second World War. But the major geopolitical benefits were reaped by the Atlantic led by the USA and with the turtle known as Britain. At that time, a turtle whose back was broken by the Kaiser first and by Hitler. So the main, uh, of course, uh, player was the USA. Now we start with the uh, Cold War. As soon as the uh, British and the Americans achieved their objectives, they threw Russians, the USSR, into the dustbin of the geopolitics like a condom. And uh, it was the most heartless betrayal and so-called Cold War started. And uh, here I want to clarify to the apologists and the so-called whitewashers of history, which you find in very large numbers in uh, universities like Yale, Harvard, Berkeley, Oxford, Cambridge, bastions of intellectual dishonesty in all West European universities, barring Sussex and few universities. Now, they started a false theme that they had waged the Second World War based on ethics. Uh, just imagine that immediately after Second World War, the Americans, the British, and the latent NATO, which was formed, adopted the same Nazi philosophy of anti-Russianism Slav baiting and anti-communism and hired the same Nazis against 
the USSR. So uh, these things are very, very clear to us. But till now, the if you go to an American university or a British university or any West European university, they are whitewashing this, you know, uh, claiming, you know, that they are very, you know, uh, they are very ethical people. They are very, very uh, principled people, which is total nonsense. Uh, they are worse than uh, the, the deepest gutter in the you know, world, you know, as far as intellectual honesty is concerned. Now, coming to Ukraine state, when the USSR was dissolved, there was agreement between the Atlantic Rim and the Russians that NATO is not going to expand eastwards. But the Western allies, they violated this uh, principle, this uh, uh, unwritten promise, and they, you know, they got the whole Warsaw Pact countries, barring maybe one or two, into the NATO. So this was a dangerous encroachment on Russia and Ukraine now, which you know is the is the backyard of the Russians, uh, uh, most strategically uh, important to Russians. The last, uh, you know, uh, the, the biggest blunder the Americans and NATO committed was trying to bring NATO and this Ukraine into NATO. So naturally, Putin had no choice left but to uh, react. Now, uh, regarding my assessments of uh, Americans and NATO in uh, this crisis, how I formed these opinions. Uh, based being based in Afghanistan from 2002 till almost 2021, and also having participated as the subcontractor in the so-called disgraceful evacuation, mismanaged evacuation by NATO and Americans, the most disgraceful evacuation in history. I saw the NATO and the American army closely, and I saw that they were strategically clueless, operationally totally incompetent, yes, brave at the lower level, I don't blame the younger ranks. I don't blame the junior commanders. But characters like Patrius, McChrystal, and all these people, they were totally incompetent people. Having seen them in Afghanistan, I knew that these people, they just cannot fight. NATO was the most hopeless bunch. Just look at the disgraceful way the Germans behaved in Afghanistan. They imposed caveats that they will not fight in any area where there is, there is one bullet fired in anger. Just see how disgraceful the Turkish behaved. All the NATO countries, how they behaved. You know. The brunt of the casualties was suffered by the US Army. More than 95% casualties. And some British musketers also suffered casualties. But, you know, the only power which fought in Afghanistan, although they also suffered 2,000 puny casualties in, in 20 years, hardly a war, for the Americans. So based on this assessment, uh, I was very clear that Putin is going to have a clean run and is going to knock out Ukraine and this is the uh, dividing line, this is the watershed in history, in geopolitical history, as you know, uh, it was a long time ago that a book was written, Decline of the West. This now, sir, is the decline of the West, geopolitically. Thank you. So, uh, what do you think uh, is happening operationally right now? What was Putin's plan and uh, just sort of in military terms, what is he doing and what is it likely to what is likely to happen in the coming days? Uh, Putin's plan was very simple and the Russians had been wargaming it uh, since the last uh, almost 10 years. Basically, uh, Ukraine is indefensible because the Ukrainian heartland, Kiev and Kharkov, they are very close to the Russian border. So they are indefensible. So Kiev and Kharkov are a gone 
Gorbachev-Gorbachev-Gorbachev-Gorbachev-Gorbachev-Gorbachev-Gorbachev-Gorbachev-Gorbachev-Gorbachev-Gorbachev-Gorbachev-Gorbachev-Gorbachev-G
number one. Uh, the second impression is that Ukraine is culturally, economically, logistically, politically so close to Russia that uh, it is hard to call it a country. Uh, as you know, in Second World War, uh, Stalin was able to gain a vote for uh, Belarusia and Ukraine. And uh, that is how this fiction was created. Uh, but culturally, politically, it is very, you know, uh, naive to say that Ukraine is a, has been a separate country. Yes, separatism has been there. During the Russian Civil War also, there were Ukrainian separatists. But Ukraine is so close to Russia, uh, geographically, politically, historically, that uh, I would not call it a separate country at all. So if you... Uh, if, as you say, they are going to militarily, they are not going to have a problem, they are going to sort of brush them aside and establish whatever puppet regime they want in, uh, in Ukraine. Once they have done that, do you think they have other objectives beyond Ukraine at this time? Uh, certainly, uh, they will uh, bring back the old republics into the fold. Uh, Georgia has been creating a lot of problems. I think Georgia needs to be, you know, given a proper dose. Azerbaijan, yes, also playing between Israel and Americans and, you know, so many people. Azerbaijan, certainly, yes. Central Asia is fully in their control, so no problem. Poland, yes. Poland, they are going to, you know, sort of give them a minor drubbing, you know, which is not difficult. So, uh, I think geopolitically, this will be the start of the dissolution and the collapse of NATO as an alliance, as far as I see, NATO is now totally irrelevant. Already they have proved they were totally hopeless in Afghanistan. Hopeless people. And now they, I would say this is the end of NATO. It's a, a matter of time that, uh, you know, we, you know, attend the funeral of NATO. Maybe, you know, they should be buried in a very deep gutter. They don't deserve a funeral. If you are saying they want other republics back, does that mean also the Baltic republics, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania? Uh, they will not attack the Baltic republics, but uh, you know they are going to uh, apply, apply other coercive measures to you know sort of you know arm twist them to you know sort of uh, reduce them to their size because Baltic republics you know again traditionally were part of Russia. It is very hard to say that they are separate countries. They were literally a part of Russia for more than, you know, uh, starting from the time of Peter the Great, 1709 or so, these republics were part of Russia. And uh, I think uh, Mr. Putin uh, will be a wise man if he sort of arm twist them rather than directly attacking them. Uh, directly attacking is not possible because they are part of NATO. And uh, as far as I see, and as far as I can assess, NATO is going to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, dead within a year or two. I think this alliance is not going to survive this fiasco in Ukraine. And NATO does not deserve to exist because they have proved totally useless, you know. Hiring, hiring blondes and brunettes and brussels, uh, you know, for their lust, you know, but totally hopeless people, you know. If you go to the NATO headquarters in Brussels, uh, you'll find blondes and brunettes, you know, that's about all, you know. But NATO is militarily 
completely hopeless. Now the other people on the other side will say that actually NATO will sort of revive because of this, because the threat of the Russian bear will sort of bring them back to their senses or or that even that they will expand, that maybe Sweden will join NATO. Uh, as far as I see, uh, there was a very famous book written by a Russian author Gogol, which was titled Dead Souls. As far as I see, Europe is dead soul, you know, with minus growth, with, uh, you know, uh, women saying that our figures will be spoiled if we have children, and, you know, a decadent civilization, and, and importing all kinds of characters, you know, from Syria, North Africa, and, you know, East Europe, you know, Europe is dead, you know. It is very difficult that NATO can be ever revived, because uh, they are dead people, basically. I saw them, uh, I saw NATO and Afghanistan closely. They were dead people. They did not have that burning desire to fight. They did not have that, you know, that uh, spirit, that resolution, which is required to fight even a third-rate, you know, country with baggy trousers, you know. They could not even fight those Afghans, you know. They were imposing caveats. They were hiding in Kunduz. They were hiding in Badghis. They were hiding in Kabul. Totally hopeless. If you study the NATO casualties in Afghanistan, you will have to agree that NATO was a total failure in Afghanistan. And uh, Mickey Mouse, Western European, new Nazi power who could not fight in Afghanistan, how can they fight in Ukraine? How can they face Russia? If they could not face the Afghans who are militarily far inferior to Russia, how can NATO face the Russians? But you also included Poland in those who are going to be chastised. Poland is a serious country. They have a history, they have an identity, and they are as proud sort of, of their Polish identity and freedom as, uh, as the Russians are of Russia. Uh, you think they will just Poland, fold? Poland, again, is also a fiction because, uh, you know, starting from 1770s and 80s, Poland was a part of uh, Russia and Germany, and there was no Poland. For a short time after the French Revolution, uh, Poland uh, was created. But that also was a total, you know, French pawn. And uh, Poland was not uh, uh, really a country. If the revolution had not broken out in Russia in 1917, there would have been no Poland. So Poland, again, is uh, very close to Russia. And Russia cannot afford to have uh, American or NATO uh, nuclear warheads in, in Poland. So Poland is also hardly a country, I would say. I would not call Poland a country. Germany, yes, is a country. Sweden, yes, is a country. Even Finland was part of Russia, not a country. And uh, created uh, after the, you know, after 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 the First World War. So all these historical things have to be seen. Russian history is very complicated. And the uh, rather myopic people in Brussels and Pentagon, uh, munching burgers and uh, having blondes and brunettes around. They did not study Russian history properly. If they had studied Russian history properly, they would not have suffered this massive fiasco and debacle in Ukraine. But if you are, you know, as you are saying, uh, if Russia is such a, a strong power uh, with such a strong asabiya, uh, what do they fear from Poland? Why is it a big deal if Poland is in NATO? What will they do to them? It's a question of dominance. It's a question of uh, geopolitics. And uh, how can you answer the biggest question in history? What do the great powers want? 
for what they have been fighting to study the first world war second world war they have been childish games what is dominance what is power what is the lust for power these are questions difficult to answer brother so but other than that lust for power or whatever there doesn't seem to be like a rational reason why they should fear poland latvia sweden if they leave them alone they will probably be left alone by these people they will not bother russia uh, traditionally the baltic republics were part of russia and uh, when the soviet union disintegrated they became independent so traditionally uh, the russians regard the russian establishment regards i don't regard uh, my this is my impression of the russian establishment when i was based in russia in 95 96 the russian establishment regards the baltic republics as their lost uh, provinces and they don't regard them as their country if nato collapses and nato it becomes uh, inoperational even now it is uh, hardly operational you know except you know uh, playing pussy games nato is not capable of anything you know and uh, except you know uh, talking about uh, hollow threats and you know bluffs palmerstonian bluffs you know palmerston you know was a british prime minister right. famous for bluff and no, the russians but, called uh, palmerston's bluff in 1863 when the there was a polish uprising palmerston mm-hmm. said that britain will you know do this and that and russia simply marched into poland and palmerston was nowhere yeah? and palmerston was only good in seducing the sister of the british minister or the wife of some other british count or lord or minister that was all palmerston was good in just like the nato characters in brussels no but towns and brunets that's all right but the british had the largest empire in the world after all they had some military capability to back it up they could not when when russian forces marched into poland in 1863 Britain dared not oppose uh, the Russians, and all the British threats came, you know, uh, into the gutter because it was a Palmerstonian bluff. If you study the European history, you will find that there is a very famous uh, uh, section on on the Palmerstonian bluff. You know, the British were masters of bluff. They hardly fought any war. You know, if you study the British history, let's say, let's go back to British history. If you study British history, the British never fought a major war in Europe. they always finance russia prussia austro hungary to fight against napoleon in the first world war yes the british were forced to fight a war and what happened the british army totally was you know destroyed in the battle of ypres and in the first battles of first world war it was totally destroyed and uh, the british back was broken after first world war britain never fought a major war you know they were always made others fight And no, same as the case with Americans, they have never fought a major war. But the Royal the, Navy. The, the, the last major war Americans fought was the Civil War. After that, Americans have made you know uh, the European powers fight, especially the Russians. And if you study the casualties, uh, the Russian casualties were the highest in First World War and in Second World. War. And even against Napoleon, it was the Russians who broke the back of Napoleon. not britain or, or you know no, not austro hungary or anybody you don't want to, you no don't want to give any credit to the royal navy after all they they maintained dominance all across the globe for 200 years yes i give royal navy full credit but as far as the land warfare is concerned the land warfare the british strategy was that 
to finance the you know the European armies and the as far as the land warfare was concerned the decisive victories like Leipzig like you know in Moscow the decisive victories were achieved in 1812 1813 and 1814 in which the Russians and the Prussians played the major role the British army had no role Waterloo was a you know was a sideline battle where Napoleon's defeat was a foregone conclusion even if Napoleon had won at Waterloo he would have been defeated because whole Europe had mobilized a huge Russian army was coming the Prussians were there the Austro-Hungarian was there so British as far as the land warfare are concerned they are nowhere you know they were never they were never good in land warfare and the last major battles they fought was in first world war in which you know their back was broken that is how you know indians you know uh, got independence you know first and second world war because two great men uh, kaiser william ii and uh, adolf hitler they broke the back of it it was not mr gandhi or jena or any character who gave india freedom it was hitler that some that many people might agree with uh, but anyway what is the what is the equation between china and russia right now china and russia have to come close they already are uh, geopolitically close but now the currents of history the the pressure of geopolitics will force these two giants to come together and if they don't come together there is no survival but i think chinese are very clear and uh, they are going to play the cards correctly and, and uh, you will see a major uh, china russia alliance and of course russia after all this you know they will have to turn eastwards you know it was always a uh, asiatic country and now russia is going to become more asiatic for their survival their geopolitical survival and uh, i think uh, the china russia alliance in a major way they the foregone conclusion as far as i see but you when when you say that the western europeans are decadent and will not be able to do anything they have a low fertility rate uh, fertility rate is not much higher in russia either uh, no russia's original population is much bigger than uh, west europe that you have to see their original population their actual population is much bigger they they have got a far larger army land mass and all that all these things have to be seen my question to you is that if nato was so martial and such a great power why they were you know so meek and coward in afghanistan what was their role zero to why why usa had to fight the whole afghan war nato was not willing to fight if nato was not willing to fight in a third rate environment like afghanistan where they had massive superiority massive superiority afghans had nothing and yet this nato this hopeless nato was a total failure in afghanistan if you but study maybe, the casualties if you study the operations right. you will find that nato was That's, was the i would say the height of cowardice as far as the real battle was concerned in afghanistan right, they did no, fight they did they not fight. they did not fight well the british other than the british i guess nobody fought uh, really uh, the americans did the bulk of the fighting but americans did uh, more than 80% of the fighting right british yes were there but you know british casualties are much smaller right i mean but america but suffered a, over 2200 but somebody yeah. could argue that in afghanistan they were you know this was really a mission of that american mission in which they are just showing the flag and going there uh, they are not really interested in this mission but when they are defending poland or latvia or whatever they are 
closer to home uh, is not is maybe a different situation you don't think that that's going to be a consideration no you see you have to see geopolitics from a very wide angle and from a, you can have to take a long view if you study the cold war the ussr collapsed not because of nato but because of the uh, saudi oil price having to 50% which broke the back of ussr nato never broke the back of ussr right it right. was the saudi saudi having of the oil nato has never been a credible player you see nato has and you know uh, how can uh, how on earth can you say that nato had a peaceful mission you see nato is uh, usa it was usa who created nato and it is the usa who saved western europe from ussr usa is the benefactor of uh, western europe and how ungrateful and dicey these uh, west europeans nato were in afghanistan their behavior in any way cannot be justified geopolitically morally militarily in any way so this is uh, i don't agree with this most respectfully but nato while... was a total failure in afghanistan right so let's say the western europeans no longer have the juice or whatever uh, but the united states still a significant power uh is there is the, you feel that the united states itself is no longer capable of uh, confronting any of these people or russia no united states had imposed a very very uh, well planned you know strategy on western europe that they will be part of the us camp there will be us satellites now the danger is that with russia emerging uh, victorious in ukraine Uh, now this uh, strategic uh, you know that dominance of the usa may be challenged and even powers like germany and uh, you know even central european powers part of nato will think twice about being part of nato and they will sort of have some sort of engagement with the russians you know because uh, it's a it's power play you know it was a sheer military power with which the ussr overran uh, nazi germany and it was sheer military power overwhelming military power that the americans used to reconquer western europe you know but that you know scenario has changed the americans are not willing to sacrifice 23 veterans have are been have been committing suicide since 1990 and over 200000 us veterans have committed suicide it's an internally shattered society and it is not the same usa the same usa who was brutally willing to kill and fight the second world war is a totally different game in korean war they did very well even in vietnam they sacrificed 60000 but now it's a totally different ball game a decadent society not willing to fight certainly usa may go for some sort of isolation some sort of uh, you know uh, going back to the north and south american continent something like that till first world war they were like that they have, you know they were practicing isolationism right. and all that right so uh, they may revert back to that because mm. you know they they have lost faith also let me tell you that the americans have lost faith in nato because nato has proved so hopeless first in afghanistan and now in ukraine that americans have lost faith in uh, and you know the fear of the fear of nuclear war you know that of course you know americans were are so afraid of nuclear uh, weapons they that they could not even coerce uh, a third rate uh, country like pakistan because of fear of nuclear weapons this fear of nuclear weapons has also altered geopolitics and now you know uh, 
no major power wants to fight a war. You know, even Ukraine, if you study, Ukraine's nukes were taken by uh, the Russians when the USSR collapsed. So even, uh, you know, it was lack of nuclear weapons that uh, Russia invaded Ukraine. Just imagine, America has never invaded any power which has nuclear weapons. They are very, very brave and martial. If there is Iraqi or Afghans, you know, who have no nukes, but, you know, as far as Pakistan is concerned, they were cowardly in the Afghan war. Although although 90% of the U.S. soldiers, 2,200, killed in Afghanistan were killed by insurgents based in Pakistan. But USA lacked the strategic resolution or moral courage to confront Pakistan. So nuclear weapons are also a very important part. And Western Europe or uh, USA simply cannot start a conventional war. And the bottom line is that Putin also invaded Ukraine because Ukraine had no nukes. If Ukraine had its nukes or if they had retained the nukes stationed in Ukraine uh, at the time of USSR, Putin could never have invaded Ukraine. So all these things have to be also taken in the context of the nuclear weapons. So is it possible that uh, in the coming years, uh, countries like Germany, maybe even uh, Sweden, that they will try to develop own nuclear weapons? Uh, Germany certainly will emerge as a major power. And uh, Germany, uh, as far as I see, Germany or uh, the uh, West European countries, they may, they may like to form a sort of a European alliance, primarily to protect Western Europe. Yes, that is possible. And Germany certainly is a leader. Uh, but, you know, uh, you, you will see that um, a European alliance can emerge out of this because NATO has by, by and large become redundant. America has failed to provide the leadership. Basically, the, the, the big dog in NATO was America. And the big dog was proved a miserable failure as far as saving Ukraine or as far as defending Ukraine was concerned. So the big dog has failed. So now the small dogs might decide that they must get together and make another alliance. And that alliance can protect Western Europe uh, from being bullied by Putin or whatever? Western Europe certainly has nukes. As, as, as you know, the France and other powers, they have nukes. Britain has nukes. Right. So they can always form, an, uh, form a European alliance. The, the, the bottom line are the nukes. Western Europe certainly has the nukes to counter Putin. And, and uh, Putin also, like the USA, is very careful. He, you know, carefully calculated and uh, invaded Ukraine, knowing fully well that Ukraine had no nuclear deterrent. So uh, Western Europe, uh, Putin is not going to touch. But yes, yes, politically, you know, geopolitically, he is, you know, on the rise. Certainly, if he plays his cards carefully, and, you know, as McCavely has said that, it is better to act and regret rather, rather than not to act and regret. So Putin is going to act and, and uh, in action lies his survival. So his, Ukraine has to be fully, you know, pacified and overrun. And that certainly he will do. He will go for a China uh, alliance, a major alliance. And uh, the survival of uh, both China and Russia lies now in being alliance, you know, in, in being allies, you know. As you know, the very famous American leader said that if we don't hang together, we'll be hanged separately. So they don't want to get hanged, and so they will come very close. Right. But is as this confrontation sort of goes on, 
there is going to be like a cold war kind of situation that there will be uh, these blocks will sort of have uh, sanctions economic dif uh, differences even separate banking system internet whatever uh, or there will be simple cooperation between western europe and russia there what what do you foresee as far as i understand that russia and china are working on a separate banking system and it's not a very big deal it's a matter of time matter of maybe two or three years that you will see a rival banking system already as you see the bitcoin and these also many these digital you know currencies they have changed the ball game and already the banks are very worried because digital currencies you know are, are a big threat to the bank and uh, if you study carefully all the russian and iranian and chinese covert operations are run on, on the bitcoin on the digital currency you know and uh, it's a known thing even afghan insurgents were getting getting aid with you know digital currency via dubai during the us afghan war so the whole ball game has changed yes certainly a rival to swift will be created and yes so certainly if, if that happens camps will be there right so when and if that happens uh, in this situation i mean this world was economically relatively integrated until a couple of years ago uh, this separation and cold war kind of situation obviously will lead to economic disruption also you see uh, the world was never integrated the usa had very very strong uh, protective tariffs western europe had very very strong protective tariffs and they regarded uh, the asians and africans as you know as third rate you know menial colonies the uh, world was never integrated economically yes they were claiming that you know wto and all sort of you know uh, facades you know the uh, jargons and you know uh, false claims that we are integrated world was never integrated it is it has always been a biased place protectionism has always been there and is going to stay and certainly you know uh, the the so called great powers you know uh, the the english speaking people basically the foundation of their greatness was piracy it was not you know trade or anything it was piracy selling opium and you know so many things you know but it's a long history so you know let's stick to the basics and i think uh, i have uh, summed up my uh, you know my assessments if you want to ask any question uh, please uh, ask me one last question one last and, question uh, is do you think that this will also mean china taking taiwan uh china taking taiwan is just a matter of time and uh, maybe china takes taiwan in the next one year next five years it's a matter of time taiwan is a gone case and the usa already has proved its irresolution and incompetence and its strategic meekness in afghanistan by just deserting afghanistan instead of placing some forces there partitioning the country and again in ukraine the americans have proved their total strategic meekness so this is going to be a big encouragement to china and taiwan is a gone case maybe one year five years you know but uh, taiwan certainly america also will not be able to defend because again fear of nuclear war fear of nuclear war is there and unless unless china, unless taiwan develops its own nukes and uh, decides to wipe out the uh, yellow china communist uh, 
as a state you know it's a it's a difficult thing you know so if if taiwan does not have nukes which it does not have it is a matter of time that you know is is wiped out what what do you foresee there are a couple of countries that have there are not necessarily permanent american allies but their own situation sort of forces them on the american side right now one is india and the other is japan these are significant powers uh, what is their future in this new world uh, japan you see uh, japan received such a drubbing from the chinese who inflicted the maximum casualties on japan in second world war maximum casualties on japan were inflicted by chinese second world war and then japanese got such a traumatic shock with these two two nuclear strikes that japanese also you know uh, strategically they are totally hopeless you know. yes there is lot of talk that they will rearm and all that but japanese have lost that you know lost that spirit of russo japanese war or the wars in china or in the second world war uh, they are totally you know i would i would again call them decadent you know. japanese uh, are not you know serious players and indians as you know are uh, as hopeless as pakistani two totally third rate powers you know, both of them so don't expect anything good from indians you know they are as hopeless as pakistani you know. same race you know same you know dal khor race you know you don't expect anything okay so on that note i am sure many of our listeners will have their own uh, uh, sort of opinions about this but i know that they all look forward to hearing about uh, your opinion and uh, and it is always stimulating even if people disagree with you uh, so thank you very much sir and uh, we will be in touch uh, we will inshallah do more uh, podcasts as things develop and uh, we will post this within a day or so thank you god bless thank you god sir god bless thank you